worthwhile section for us to be considering at this time of year, this, peniten- this penitential season. Um, there's this concept in the Talmud, and uh, Rabbi Cordovero is going to bring this in in just a minute, but uh, the Talmud says, That where uh, truly penitent people stand, where, where uh, people who have fully done repentance, fully engaged in this work of tshuva, where they stand, fully righteous people can't stand there. In other words, that someone who is a true Baal Tshuva, a true, uh, truly penitent person, is on a higher level than someone who is completely righteous. Right? So, so you think about it this way, right? This is you know, sort of a, a, a banal example, but someone who, um, who gives up eating BLTs to keep kosher, right, is on a higher level than someone who has never tasted bacon in their life. Right, I think that that's what, what he's saying. And uh, that's what the, the, the Talmud's saying. Now the question is, why is that the case? Okay, and that's one of the things that uh, Cordovero is going to bring up here, is why that's the case. So let's begin. So God doesn't act like people act. So that if um, uh, your friend or your fellow uh, makes you angry, right? If you get into a spat with a friend, if your friend does something to to, to hurt you or your, or whatever, not maybe not your friend, or whatever, right? And then your and then your friend or your neighbor tries to make amends with you, you might forgive them, right? You might uh, let them back into your good graces, but frequently, even when we do that, the love that we show to them, the relationship that we have to them is, is scarred in some way by the injury that they've done to us, by the heart, where we, we, we forgive, but we don't usually forget, right? And so the love that we have for that person is, is diminished, even maybe a little bit, than what it was before, before they let us down, before they injured us, before they hurt us. But for God, if a person sins and then repents, then he ascends to an even higher level with God than the level he was on before. It's, uh, is in some ways exactly the opposite of how, uh, how we engage with each other. God engages with us the other way if we do some kind of sin or we injure God in some way or we injure our relationship with God in some way and fully engage in, in tshuva, I see your hand, fully engage in tshuva, then when we, when we do that, then we are... Uh, considered by God on a on a higher level in a in a higher plane of relationship than we were before. Yeah, Jason. Isn't it easier to avoid sin, make shuva when you experience the sin, and you can either say this wasn't that great? Well, yeah, but on the other hand, you can. It, I think there's a sense that that committing transgression, depending on the transgression, um, is is a is a tempting sort of uh, uh, life decision. Right? So most transgressions aren't... Um, most of the, the sort of day-to-day things, right, aren't like real, powerful moral failings. Right? They are sort of casual moral failings right? that, uh, that we don't really pay too much attention to, I think. And, um, and because it's just how we, how we live our, our lives, is sort of the autopilot of our, of our life. Or on the other hand, 
right? They are they might be sort of major moral failings, but we but the 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 the, the act of doing them um, was something we really wanted to do. And when we do it, we're like, oh, that was actually pretty good, right? You know that that cheeseburger was pretty good. I can't you know I can't lie about that, right? And so. So in, in some way, it's, it's, it's harder to sort of pivot and then turn back around than it is to kind of keep on going that path, which is why the, the Mishnah says, um, uh, mitzvah gorer mitzvah, the avera gorer et avera, that, a, that a, a good deed, right, a mitzvah leads you to do another mitzvah, but a, but a, but a bad deed, a sin, leads you to do another sin. Because there's a way of kind of getting on autopilot with the, with the decisions we make that lead us to make other decisions. So I think that, that there, there is a sense in which you're right, right? So sometimes you have enough of a, uh, enough Jewish guilt. You say, oh, I ate that cheeseburger, and that was really, I feel awful that I did that. And so, it's, so then it's sort of easier for you to sort of pivot and turn around because you don't like the path that you're going down. And so when I walk down, you know, a, a dark alley at night that I didn't mean to go down, right, it, very easy for me to turn around and run the other direction, right? But, um, but then again, if I, you know, happen to stroll into Disneyland in the middle of the night, right, where it's not where I should be, but that's where I happen to find myself, right, it's much harder for me to turn around. Um, so, but I think that, that both of those things can be, can be true depending on what, who you are and what the nature of the, of the transgression is. Um, Right, and this is what the this is then what the Gemara, what the Talmud says about it. Right, where where uh, penitent people stand, fully righteous people can't stand there. Right, so this is uh, explained elsewhere. Right, so that the world or a person's life is framed like a like a portico or a vestibule. Right, that it's very easy to sort of uh, 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 walk out the sides, right? Exit the sides. Imagine a, uh, a sort of maybe even a bridge is a little bit easier, right? Or um, like a, a, a pathway, right? That has that has openings on on the sides and openings above. That anybody who wants to, to kind of exit at any point can exit. Right, so that uh, the world is created to look like a hay. The Hebrew letter hay. That has closings on, on, on some sides, but openings on other sides. And the way God created the world is that the open side... The, the side that is easier to get off on is the side of transgression, right? It's, it's easier to go to McDonald's and eat a cheeseburger than it is to find a good kosher restaurant in Philadelphia, right? Um, and, and that is, in some ways, how God deliberately constructed the world, according to Cordovero. Ain such, ain chomer ve'yetzarav gum, right? So there's, a, there's, there's, a, there's no place that doesn't have an opening for you uh, to, uh, to, to, to transgress. There's no place that doesn't have an opening for you uh, to, uh, to engage in materiality or in uh, egocentrism. It's like, a, it's like a vestibule. Right? There's a, there are big openings right, for you to, uh, to kind of veer off to the side. Anybody who wants to leave this world, in other words, in, in his language, anybody who wants to leave the world of righteousness, 
because the rabbis had the sense that uh, that sin drives a person from the world, right? uh, either metaphorically or really, that, uh, that, that the way to live in the world is the way of Torah, and by violating Torah, you're, you're sort of removing yourself from, from real life. Right? So, so the, the, there's plenty of opportunity to leave the life of, of this world, the life of Torah. Right? Same thing. Right? There's, 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 uh, there are plenty of opportunities to do that. We'll skip down a little bit. So this means that the person who re- returns in repentance. isn't guarded in the same way that righteous people are guarded. The person who turns in repentance has already figured out where the exits are, right? Has already broken through the walls of this portico, right? Has already kind of, has already cut a hole in the fence as it were, right? And so when you return in tshuva, you still have, you're still in the same pathway, right? You're still in the same vestibule and it has more holes, right? It has more patches. It's got more breaches in the fence. It's like in uh, a Jurassic Park, Right? Once the power goes out and, uh, and some of the dinosaurs are able to escape, then all the dinosaurs are able to escape. No one see that, saw that movie? Okay. Right? But, uh, <laughs> um, so it's the same sort of thing. Right? So that means that a person who sins and then repents um, uh, is missing a little bit of, of the boundary for themselves. Right? Even though it was a small boundary to begin with, they're missing this little boundary. What, what this reminds me of is the famous statement from uh, Rebbe Nachman of Bratslav, that, uh, that the whole world is a very narrow bridge. Right? And so the challenge of walking in this world is walking a very narrow path and not falling off to either side. Right? Um, and this is a similar sort of idea right, where, you, where there, there are actually sort of boundaries on either side, but the boundaries are very small. Right, and, and very hard to uh, to see. Very, they're not they're not good boundaries. Right, they're not uh, boundaries that are very well designed to keep you in line. Right, in some ways, you have to keep yourself on that path. Right, and once you have broken through, it's much harder to get back on. So what you have to do then, once you transgress, is you have to build for yourself better fences. Right. Because if you don't if you don't break through the fences in the first place, it doesn't matter how good the fences are. But once you know how to break through the fences, you got to build for yourself better fences that keep you in. Um, so I had this for myself. I I, I, uh, um, I keep a <coughs> jar of M and M's on my desk, and like I know that that if I don't touch the M and M's at all, then I'm fine. But once I stick my hand in that jar and have one M&M, half the jar is gone. Right? I can't stop once I actually stick my hand in the jar. And no matter like then how far away I move the jar of M&Ms from my desk, it always seems to be close enough for me to get up and get more M&Ms from it. And I think that that's sort of what he's talking about here. Is that, like, once you, once you, if you don't ever pass through that boundary, then you'll be fine. But once you do... You have to build yourself really high walls to avoid that jar of M and M's. Put the jar in the Chazim's room. Put the jar in the Chazim's room. <laughs> then they'll really be gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, <laughs> How quickly he learns. 
Um, so you got to build a big boundary for yourself uh, once you commit that transgression. And that way you won't be able to, uh, to, to leave through the opening that you've made for yourself. Right? And that way you'll be able to, uh, you'll, you'll be able to enter back into the, the pathway through, uh, through a little narrow opening and you'll, you'll make for yourself good boundaries. But it's but it may, but it makes it very difficult for you. We'll skip down just a little bit to the next paragraph on the next page. Well, the a- end of this paragraph, rather, I should say. Right. And in this way, once a person repents, Tashuv Hashem El Right. That is that that he returns to his godly source. And God returns God's presence to him. He doesn't return just to the way the love was initially. Rather, the way a person returns in repentance is to find uh, a God who loves him more and more. Right? Because it's much harder in that regard to transgress and get back on the path than it is to just stay on the path and never leave. And so that makes, according to Cordovero, you more beloved of God. And that's what it means that when you return, it, uh, God will uh, be more compassionate. That, that when you return, when you repent, God increases mercy, increases compassion to, to, to the Jewish person. And uh, and and completes them and fixes them and brings them closer. This is the essence. And that's how a person needs to conduct themselves with their fellow. You shouldn't bear a grudge from the anger that you had previously. Rather, when, when one sees their friend requesting his love, when, when your fellow comes to you and asks for forgiveness, you should act like God. Excuse me, sorry. When your friend comes to you and asks for forgiveness, I, for, I ask for your forgiveness for that, you should act like God. That you should accept them with compassion and love that you had more than what you had for them originally. That the, the very act that they want to apologize to you and are, are, uh, are remorseful for what they did and want to make things right should make them more beloved to you than they were initially. And you should say that he's, this person is like a master of repentance to me. That even a fully righteous person isn't as good as this guy. Right? And so you should bring them closer uh, in, in, a, in an embrace that was greater than, than the closeness you felt with them initially. Because they are like fully righteous people to you. 
Rather, they're better than fully righteous people that have never sinned against you. It's someone who who hurts you, and someone who insults you, someone, but then is truly apologetic about it, truly sorry about it, and and wants to uh, and wants to uh, atone for what they've done. What he's inviting us to do is to treat that person as God treats a repentant person, which is to say that when we accept them back to not only forgive, but in some way also, maybe not even to forget, right? Maybe the opposite of forget, right? To, to remember what they've done, but not for bad, not for the grudge that we might still hold against them, even though we say, oh, I forgive you, or it's okay, right? To say, this is a person who demonstrates incredible strength and fortitude, and for that, they are deserving of even more love from me. That, that they could have continued down a negative path with me, but instead they are trying to turn it around. And that is a great feat indeed. Have a great day. Y'all keep